Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 53. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. Today, we are going to do a lot of feedback. Okay. (laughs) We're going to do a lot of feedback, and we're going to also share near the end of this show, our review, Stephanie and I's feelings and thoughts regarding the book, The The Shack. Shack. All right, so Stephanie, I am excited to let you know that we have tons of feedback. I am excited to hear it. Before we get started into the voicemails, we want to say a very special thank you right up front to our sponsor for this podcast, Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. Uh, just a reminder, if you are looking to purchase any kind of uh, resources, such as Christian books, uh, educational materials for homeschooling, uh, music, they they got tons of stuff. Just go to Mardell.com. Remember to use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. It gets you 10% off, and it gets us recognized as the source of uh, how you found out about them. Helps us out with our uh, sponsorship here and keeps that moving right along. So, Stephanie, let's start things off with Karen from Massachusetts. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Karen from Massachusetts. I'm calling for the show Family from the Heart. I know that you've been talking about family memories, and I just wanted to add mine. Uh, when I was a, a little girl, my we were very, very poor. Um, we lived in a, a south section of Boston. Um, we didn't have a whole lot. My... Um, but my mom made sure that we at least had culture. Every single Sunday, she would make us sit and listen to the music, and then she would make us get up and learn how, and she taught us all how to dance. I had to dance with my brother Jack, who's a year younger than me, and every time we danced together, he would stomp on my foot, and I would pinch his side. Well, at my brother's wedding a couple of years ago, we danced together. He stomped on my foot, and I pinched his side. Another great thing about my mom is every Christmas she would take us into downtown, and we'd look at the lights, and she'd show us all the things we could have when we grew up and went to college and got good jobs. There was one particular store that always had fancy chocolates in the window. I won't give you the name of the chocolate, but she told us how how good they were and how much we'd love them once we had enough money to buy them. Well, I picked up my little brother so that he could see, and his hand hit the window. When it did, about 25 rats just ran from inside the display case. And I remember my younger brother saying to my mother, geez, Mom, those must be real good chocolates. Even the rats like them. <laughs> I hope you guys are having a good day. I want you to know I appreciate all that you do for the community. Take care. Love, Karen. Bye now. Karen, thank I you so much. I love that she didn't say the name of the store. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> that, thank you so much for sharing some of your memories with us. How awesome is that? That's 
Karen is such a, a blessing as far as encouragement. She's a g- wonderful uh, contributor to the forum over at gspn.tv slash forum. Yep. And and just uh, just an overall joy to listen to when she calls in. So thank you very much, Karen. I love her accent. And yeah, and we love your accent. <laughs> which, I do. Which is funny because I think she sent me an email regarding the feedback episode. Yeah. That I did for uh, Podcast Answer Man. I think it was episode one sixteen, which was uh, all about the critical feedback right. handling. It was called titled handling critical feedback anyway uh we're gonna move right along here and uh the next one is going to be wayne henderson who left us three messages sweet but it, it's not like they were all like within a day from each other it's it, it's been piling up it, for a while it, it, this is all this has been <laughs> piling up for a while so here's wayne number one hi cliff uh, wayne here in california listening to your most recent my crazy life where you're talking about how much you're enjoying the fact that you've cut your work week down to 40 hours and, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing. My wife wishes I could cut my work week down to only about 40 hours as well. So I, I see where everybody's coming from with that. And I, too, love the four-hour work week by Timothy Ferris. I listened to that audio book a couple of times uh, in, like, October, November. Uh, he just has a great way of explaining things to help you think outside the box. And I'm with you, Cliff. There's no way we could actually probably have a four-hour work week because, like you said, depending on how we define work, recording podcasts and putting them up and may or may not count as work, but it is something that takes time and is <laughs> part of what uh, brings in your money. So, uh, But it's fun work instead of being a grind. But my main reason for calling was the fact that you touched on something that Timothy Ferris covers in the four-hour work week about the many retirements and he goes into great detail on how sometimes if you want to go live in a foreign country for maybe five months or something like that in some ways it can actually be cheaper than living in america and the way he describes it also got my mind uh spinning as well because i know you've talked about how you might consider that someday with uh, the ravenscraft family and i myself i've always always wanted to go to England and I've always wanted to go to Japan and you know if there was a way to finagle all of that and make it where I could maybe spend six months in Japan different areas and kind of semi-settle down but still uh, do podcasting and uh, voiceovers and things like that as well as then going to England for six months or so I just think that would be just totally amazing why wait till you're really, you know, like in your 70s or whatever to retire and travel the world? Why not just do it while we can enjoy it to the full? It's just a thought, and now I'm, here I am thinking about uh, Tokyo and uh, Osaka and um, London and uh, all of those great places. So I'm going to go back. Uh, maybe I should have a a little nap and dream about uh, the world. (laughs) Wayne, thank you so much. Uh, And he's referring to a a book that I did read um, by Timothy Ferris, The 4-Hour Workweek. And, of course, I've referenced that book several times. Many people are asking, you know, are you going to talk more about that? Are you going to talk more about that? I eventually will do um, some, uh, you know, a, a My Crazy Life episode focused on the some of the insights that I, I gained from that book. But they are 
I read it on the 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 Kindle for the iPhone mm-hmm. application, and it's difficult for me to go back and find those notes. So I just haven't had time to go in and research and write all the things down. But it was a great book, and uh, it had in, it, it is what's inspired this you know world travel idea. Which, be honest with you, this week we didn't talk a whole lot about outside of the uh, the episode fifty one. Uh, after we recorded episode 51, we really haven't discussed it much since then. Not that it's not something we're still considering. It's just something that we've been so busy with other things. It's just, we've been busy with nothing. Yes. We've been busy. We've been busy with relaxing Mm -hmm. and, and so it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, but yeah, there four hour work week. I, I found, I found out through an interview that that book is just a provocative title uh, more than anything, and when I read the book, it, he kind of hints at some ideas about automation that might allow you to, while you're doing a mini retirement or a, an extended vacation, if you will, or whatever, that you during that period of time you might be able to get by with, you know, run letting your business run itself uh, dur- with only like four to six hours of your time, something like that. But I have no desire to be there. Okay. I love what I'm doing. Yes, I know you do. Let's move on to Scott. Okay. Hello, this is Scott uh, Herzog from the podcast Haiti in Focus and Dining at the End of the Universe. And uh, I'm calling in response to whatever episode, whatever the latest episode of My Crazy Life was, is that you were talking about taking your family around the world in 180 days or a year <laughs> or however many days you plan on doing that. And I had one thought the entire time you were sharing. And I just felt, I just felt that I needed to call and let you know about something going on in my own life. First of all, I feel that if you are sensing from God that this is what you should be doing, that we have so little in our lives that we actually risk. We have so little in our lives that we actually have to trust uh, for. Now, you kind of had that experience kind of leaping out in faith and doing podcasting as a full-time career. But um, in my own life, as a teacher, as a podcaster, I'm not, and as owning my home, I haven't really had to rely on uh, God a lot. And one of the recent things that we've kind of put this whole idea of risk or stepping out in faith, if you want to say, to the test has been uh, going down to Haiti. My my wife, we've been in the process of adopting a little girl for about a year and a half, and um, you might have edited this down a little bit, but <laughs> we've been in the process of adopting a little girl for a year and a half, and we are really near the end of an adoption, of the adoptive process. We don't have a set date, but we believe in the next week or two that that's going to be coming to an end. Uh, we're going to see that a, a process come. We'll be able to bring her home. And so in believing that, uh, we felt that, we were, that, that my wife was going to actually head down to Haiti and see this process through. Um, and there were a couple things we were kind of risking in that. We did not know. Uh, we, do not, we still do not know, as I'm calling you, when that end date's going to be. And uh, she was leaving our, our little son uh, with me and uh, the many other caretakers that are in his life and going down to spend a week, two weeks, three weeks, who knows, possibly even four weeks down there without uh, knowing when exactly she was going to return, but believing that God was kind of lay, laying out the groundwork for that. Um, 
and so we just kind of took a step of faith. Now there were some other factors that played in there. We had some confirmations. Her job, for example, said that they would, she had some weeks of vacation she was going to use and they were going to pay for a couple of extra weeks for her to be down there. Uh, but we still, in a, in a very big way, were taking a, a, a huge risk. Uh, we had a lot of people saying, you know, well, what about your son? And, you know, what about, what about, you know, mama in his life, you know, mama leaving for about a month. And, uh, and I understand those concerns, but we talk via Skype and, uh, we look at pictures of mama and we try to bring those in and I might be rambling here, but I just want to encourage <laughs> you to, that if, if you're being asked to risk something and to kind of take a step in faith, I would pursue them until you, uh, feel that there's an obstacle or a barrier that seems clear that. God's saying, no way, I'm not going to do this. Uh, that, you sh- or that God says, no way, you should not be doing this. And I think I'd pursue it. If you have, if you have it in your spirit, uh, I would investigate it. I would get opinions, but I would continue to look and seek him out and say, this is it. Uh, and um, not be afraid to take that step if that's uh, the direction you feel you're being led. All right, I've been rambling on and off. You will probably want to edit, edit this down, as I said before. Um, I have never listened, by the way, I've never listened to My Crazy Wife until this episode. So maybe that's not an accident either. So, wow. all right, bye. Scott, I didn't edit it down because I, I really wanted to give you the, the opportunity to really share um, what was going on, uh, you know, with, with your heart, with what your mind is. And the one thing I want to be crystal clear on is that I do not feel that God is calling us to pick our family up and travel the world. Um, not at this point in time. Now, what I do feel God calling us to do with our family and with just in our lives in general is not to live within the comfort zone of, of, of the known, the predictable and, and, um, the security of what we consider to be what we're in control of, if that makes sense at all. So if there's anything that, that maybe God has introduced into my heart and my mind related to move world travel it's this understanding of how exhilarating it is to 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 know that you know if if there's something that that you want to go for and 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 it seems that you can do what god's called you to do in that realm then don't let fear of the unknown stop you from doing it the stepping stepping out on faith has never been anything in my life I've ever done really before um, to to the extent that I did when I left my career in insurance. Does that make sense? Yes. And so, <laughs> and and file and it's not been an easy process since I left. Right. I mean, there were sleepless nights. There was anxiety like you won't believe. There have been times when. Stephanie and I are sitting down to enjoy time together alone, maybe watching a television show. And halfway through the television show, I am seized and paralyzed with fear and anxiety. And I don't tell her that, but I'm sure there were times that she just felt it. Uh, and, and, and it was difficult. But I've learned over time to trust that God is in control and I'm supposed to do what God's called me to do. See, I, I know there are some people saying, well, you know, don't just say, well, God's going to provide a way and, and stuff. And I understand that. Absolutely. But, you know, the idea is to do what God's called me to do. But um, and and I I believe he's called me to do work uh, and, and 
my work is just redefined and Absolutely. and it's much more enjoyable and and uh if not enjoyable uh more purposeful i know right. i'm rambling now congratulations scott on the adoption of your daughter yes very much and and uh you know we we pray we will pray i'm going to matter of fact i'm going to add uh scott uh, the herzog family uh to my prayers for your son while his mom's away and uh for your wife while she's in haiti we had a friend that went down there and and a friend that is a couple and basically they had a similar experience uh in where in they that, were separated where for, separated like, for an extended stay and um i think it's awesome that you're doing a podcast uh the the podcast that you're doing by the way he does i checked out his haiti and focus podcast the other day cuz he did an interview with the haitian from heroes okay so i'm oh, sorry I moved away from Mike. That's okay. But anyway, Scott, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Who's next? Wayne, Wayne number two? Wayne number two. Here we go. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is for Family from the Heart. This is Wayne in Southern California. And all the talk about, you know, maybe the Ravenscrafts uh, relocating to a couple of countries for six months at a time or whatever, it got me thinking. You know, if by some chance the Ravenscrafts do move temporarily to another country, maybe Europe, and if Deb and I happen to move to Japan or England during that same time period, let's go ahead and schedule a tweet-up at some street-side cafe in Paris. Maybe some Italian food in Tuscany. Ooh. Just some thoughts. Just I'm really thoughts. hungry. Wayne, you're Talk not to helping. you guys later. I love listening to stuff. It's a good dream. I think I think we need to go to the pub today. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really hungry for the pub today. Some fish and chips sounds good, doesn't it? Kind of. It does. Let's. Yeah. You want to go know. there for lunch? I don't know. Let's do that. The next voicemail that I want to play for you is one that we. I think we mentioned either earlier in the show, Stephanie, or it may have been um, in the past episode that we did. But it's uh, a car commercial that Brad. Uh, from Alaska wanted to share with us and I just got a kick out of this so here it is hey Cliff Alaska Brad uh, wishing you a happy Easter Uh, commercial came on here in Alaska and I thought about you I have it paused so I just want to play it and maybe you can guess why I thought of you when I heard this commercial Kendall Ford needs your trade Used vehicles are in high demand, so if you bring in your current vehicle for a quick 10-minute appraisal, we'll give you a complimentary car wash. No hassle and no commitments. Learn about the current market. Yes, indeed. That is your bed music for help. I got a Mac. Anyways, I thought that was kind of funny, and I wanted to send that to you. Hey, happy Easter to you. God bless. All right, Brad, thank you so much. And he left that for the Help I Got a Mac show. But uh, I just thought I'd get a, you'd get a kick out of the fact that Kendall Ford in Alaska is using our bed music. Yes. Anyway. It's awesome. We bought that through uh, musicbakery.com, which uh, is a place where you can go and buy the rights to uh, use music in professional um, bed music. So. Yes. Anyway, uh, last call of the day, and then we'll talk real quickly about our thoughts and feelings about the shack, um, and uh, then we'll wrap things up here. But here's Wayne number three. Hey, Cliff. Wayne in California uh, for the My Crazy Life podcast, or whichever one you think this might fit best in. Uh, just listening to your most recent Laws podcast, and you're talking about how people, uh, <laughs> some people 
like yourself, uh, shouldn't take more than five-day vacations. Well, put me in that same boat. Specifically, I remember fondly a family, an extended family trip of about 14 of us on a houseboat last summer, and that was one week, and it was about three days, way too many. <laughs> I can only do short little three- to four-day uh, trips, and then I just, I just got to get home. So uh, I think I know where you're coming from, Cliff. <laughs> this is Wayne. We'll talk to you later. Welcome home. Hey, thanks a lot, Wayne. It is so gl- <laughs> it is so good to be home. It is, I, you know. But uh, that ten days, I really think I I did need that ten days, though. You were driving me crazy. I know I was. There, I was so itching to do something. I was just like, leave, it's, just go. Why do you have to drag us with you? Just go. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I had this feeling <laughs> that if we're on vacation and I, and we're gonna and I'm gonna go out and enjoy myself, it, it's a family vacation. It wasn't just for me, and so that's why. I had, I had, but this just because up. it was a family vacation doesn't mean that we have to spend every second together. This is true. You know, I thought that, that you would catch on when I woke up in the morning and I never got dressed that I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was getting <laughs> you know, the hint. The fact that I stayed in my pajamas was was supposed to be a hint to you that I really didn't want to go anywhere. Gotcha. Well, hey, that that is our voicemails uh, in the chat room. Uh, Daniel says, I think Wayne leaves voicemails more than he tweets. <laughs> and he was just, I mean, he put a big, huge... Uh, Sticking his thung, uh, tongue tongue out, out uh, smiley face in there. He's totally kidding. But um, Wayne, we appreciate you. We appreciate everybody else who uh, left voicemails for us. We love, we do love to hear from you guys, and uh, we continue. We'll, you know, we'll probably continue to do that. If you want to leave voicemails, uh, you can do so at an area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. So here we go. We were not, I, one of the things that we mentioned in the last episode, Stephanie, was that on vacation. I finished, actually, you and I both finished mm-hmm. reading The Shack. Yeah, I read five books on vacation in the week that it took you to read one. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Although I was busy doing all the things you normally do at home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> while you were reading all day, I, I was okay with that, too. Overnight, going to bed at 5 o'clock I in did. the morning. One night I went to bed at 5.30, and one night I went to bed at 7 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Because I just I could not put it down. And then when I went to bed, I dreamt about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Alrighty. So anyway, what I would like to do is share our thoughts on the shack. And before you tune out, if you haven't read the book yet, let's go ahead, Stephanie, and talk a few talk about a few things that are not spoilerish okay. about the book. And uh, one it's is titled The Shack. It's titled The Shack, <laughs> and it's written by William P. Young. The yep. author actually goes by Paul. Yes. One of the yes. things I will tell you is that there is some controversy. Around surrounding this book, especially in the in Christian circles. Yes. All right. So there is a great deal of of um, uh, controversy, and the only thing I will let me let me see what the books. What does the back of the book say? Because the description. Yeah, and if and if book? if you don't like to read the back of the book and you think that's spoilerish, then turn Just off turn now. Turn but now. but but let's go ahead and see what that says, and we'll kind of base some conversation off of that before we go into the any kind of details. Okay. Uh, Mackenzie Allen Phillips' youngest daughter, Missy, has been abducted during a family vacation and evidence that she may be, she may have been brutally murdered is found in an abandoned shack deep in the Oregon wilderness. Four years later, in the midst of his great sadness, Mac receives a suspicious note, apparently from God, inviting him back to that shack for a weekend. 
Against his better judgment, he arrives at the shack on a wintry afternoon and walks back into his darkest nightmare. What he finds there will change Mac's world forever. In a world where religion seems to grow increasingly irrelevant, the shack wrestles with the timeless question, where is God in a world so filled with unspeakable pain? The answers Mac gets will astound you and perhaps transform you as much as it did him. You'll want everyone to know you want you'll want everyone you know to read this book. Okay. Now, um, one of the things that I will say is that the the controversy, which I covered quite uh, uh, to a very high degree <laughs> in another podcast, and, and and I know you hear me cross promoting a lot of podcasts. Well, we do a lot of podcasts, and I, and we're excited about what we do. Us, uh, we wouldn't do it, right? Right. So if you go to atcpodcast.com, dot com, that stands for About the Church Podcast. Uh, so atcpodcast.com. dot com. Episode number 73 is called is titled Review of the Shack by William P. Young. And in that episode, uh, starting about five minutes into that episode, I give my criticism of two major criticisms of this book. Okay. And um, I was quite animated in that, <laughs> in, in my criticism you of the criticism. never. Yeah. But anyway, that so as far as the controversial nature of the book i'm we're not going to address that here if you want to know what the controversy is um it, it in the book in the back of the book that stephanie just read it says he, supposedly he was invited by god to go and have a con- apparently to, yeah. to, for a weekend at the shack and the controversy has a lot to do with how god is described yes okay and i won't give you anything more than that at all um so anyway Definitely, um, the the book is something that, for me personally, I did experience God in an awesome way when I read it, especially being on vacation and having the full time to really just soak in some of the things that this author shared that, that he's learned in his life, that he put into story form, and the conversations that... that the author has had between the character and God in this, in this book have really, they, 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 I almost felt as though some of those conversations just like was the spirit speaking directly to me, not in the way that I, I hold this to the same level of, as the Bible or anything right. like that. And, and more so in that, um, doing a lot of the almost, I've done, I think 117 episodes of the almost daily devotional, uh, podcast and, just in my devotional time alone and going to church and listening to sermons and just processing and journaling my prayers and, and spending time in prayer, uh, discussions during home team Bible study group that we host here in our home every week. It was kind of a, these are things that God had already been speaking to my heart directly. The spirit of God has been speaking into my life about balanced life, about how much God loves me and how, how much he accepts me and and how much he, uh basically a lot of truths that I've already had laid on my heart that are founded in scripture that all that were just put to really eloquent words and spoken in such a way that wow coming from the perspective of God speaking that to an individual and hearing and overseeing this conversation and and especially in context of a certain circumstance that's happened in this man's life or several circumstances Wow, that is powerful stuff. Absolutely. And so um it, it it is a book about it is not a book about 
how God is to be understood. Um, that is not what this book is about. This yeah. book, it says in there, is about. Uh, can I see the back of the book? Because mm-hmm. there's this is this is really. I struggled for yeah. describing it the other day. Uh, I'm, where did you read from down here? Yep. Um, in the midst of his great, uh, against better what he finds there in a world where religion seems to grow increasingly irrelevant. The shack. Okay. It is a book that, um, wrestles with the question, where is God in a world so filled with unspeakable pain? That is what this book is about. It's not a book that tries to help you to understand how God's person is and, and all this other stuff. But it is a book about where is God in this world of unspeakable pain. And it is really, really awesome. Um, I I personally am not going to be one of those people that say, oh, my gosh, if you're a Christian, you must read this book. Or if you've been considering Christianity, you must read this book. Now, if there's a if you're on one of those, get the Bible, read that. But <laughs> but I will tell you Sorry. that this the funny. couple things that I want to say before we get into any of the, the details is that this is a fictional story. Um, I can tell you that the author, Paul Young, uh, based upon my hearing an interview that Carrie from wordstomouth.com, her podcast, she did an interview with Paul Young. Yes, she did. And he wrote this as a story for his children. He did not write this story to be published. He wrote this story for his children. It's a culmination of he, the, the author had several very tragic things happening in his life and in his experience growing up. And um, I, matter of fact, we'll link to the words to mouth interview with the author uh, so you can hear that. And I would I would encourage you not to listen to that episode or until, until after that, until after you've read the book. But I, I heard about what, you know, what had happened in his life. And these are these are. It, this book is a result of several conversations he's had in community with other people where he could have real, authentic, transparent dialogue about who God is and just conversations. And these are the things that God has laid on his heart in his understanding of what God has been speaking to him and speaking to followers of Christ. And um, it, it, it he, he basically decided, I want to wrap all this up and I want to try to find a way to communicate these truths that I feel God has called has spoken to me through a story. And that's what the shack is. Okay. So knowing that it, this, the idea was never to, to sell millions and millions of a book. It, it was to, to pass along in a, in a fictional story. This is not true. Um, it is, it is, it has, it's not meant to be a theological statement for you to follow. And um, as far as how it describes God, it is his best attempt uh, at trying to put into the story a way that you could wrap your mind around who God is. But in no way is he stating that this is the theological understanding of exactly how you should understand how God is to be defined and, and understood. Right. And uh, there's even more detailed information that over at episode 73 of about the church. It's a full hour podcast about my criticism of the criticisms, and okay. so with with that, I do I do encourage people to 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 be cautious of not trusting this to be a source of inspir- inspired truth uh, of what to understand by God. But I would encourage people to read the book and see where it challenges some of the things that you think. Uh, specifically for me. 
uh, we're, and, and specifically for you, I, I think we're going to talk about a little bit of that, if anything. Uh, and so with that, I would encourage you to get the book and, and read it. You could probably pick it up at a local library. Uh, if you, it's probably on a big waiting list. Uh, you could probably pick it up in any bookstore or whatever. But I want to just encourage you to get it from Mardell.com if you're a listener of this podcast. And just go to M-A-R-D-E-L.com and do a search for the shack. It'll, it'll pull up right away. I made sure they have lots of them in stock. And uh, use promo code GSPN in the checkout. You get 10% off. Plus, I think the paperback's only $10.99 right now. Plus, you get 10% off. And um, that helps us out, like we said in the beginning of the show. So with that, if you have not yet read the book, you have not yet finished the book, um, I'm not sure how much the future conversation here for the next uh, five minutes <laughs> is going to be spoilerish. Um but uh, I, I don't think it's going to be overly spoilish. But if you don't want to know, stop now. So, Stephanie, in five minutes, how would you describe what this book meant to you? Or, um, Well, I don't know. I, I loved the story. Yeah. I, honestly, I did. Um, finding a way to – this is something that I have – something that, that in – okay, here we go. Um, I have been – struggling with in my own life um surrendering all to god yes and um especially in regards to to my children now i i know with all my heart and i believe with all of my heart they are his that they are not mine he has entrusted them to me for a short time and um and in that time i have to do the best that i can do Okay, but I have been struggling with my struggle comes in the fact that actually saying those words, um, God, I believe that whatever you have for them is, is best, and um, and I completely lift them up to you, and am entrusting you w- with my children. That in saying that, I have this um, this gnawing fear that something would happen. Right. And so reading this book and and hearing Max's story and how he went through the great sadness after losing his daughter, which is, is how it's described, and then coming on the other side and finding that, because I also believe with my whole heart that um, God does not create bad, but will work good in any any circumstance. And so, but watching this character find that and um, find forgiveness and find love and peace. I, it, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, I, I also love the way that he was very, very, um, I don't know what the word I want to use is. I love the imagination that he uses behind the way he describes God. Um, it opens up to, it, it opened my mind to something that I had never even thought about before. Right. And I don't, be, I, I don't, I'm not going to change my beliefs in, in anything just yet, just by reading the book. Right. But at the same time, it left me more open-minded to my God than when I went in. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when DG and I were talking about it, you know, talking about the Trinity and and the way that it describes the Trinity, 
Uh, it def- this book does not, and, and by the, by now you should not, not be listening if you have not yet read the book and don't want to be spoiled. Right. This book is not saying that God is an African-American woman. Right. It, do- it does no. not say that at what all. What it said was that um, what the character of God in this book said is that this is who you need me to be right now. Right. Because... I need to get past your head issues. I need to get past your head issues. Absolutely. You know, um, does anyone doubt that he came to Moses as a burning bush? You know, it, it's, I I honestly believe that um, that when writing this book, that is what he was thinking. You know, it was. Right. He had to, and, and I, I believe that. I never thought that, about that. What? Nobody criticizes the Bible because the book of Genesis because God God came in the form of a bur- you, bush. Really? You never thought of that? No, that I was the first thing that. I thought about really? when I read that. Yeah. That's funny. Um I love the way that they and this is one thing that I'm not um completely giving over to, but I do love the way that he described Jesus as completely human. Yeah. And um completely God at the same time but that it is his faith in the father that allows him to to do the miracles that he did while he was on this earth. I like the way, the the way that opened my mind to think of something differently. Right. Not that But you would still check that in light of scripture before absolutely. you would accept that as to be as true. Absolutely. All I'm, gotcha. all I'm saying is I like that how he opened it up and how um it was written. Right. But um what I don't know. It was I loved God's sense of humor. Yes. I mean, God had a great sense of humor um, in this book, as as I believe that he does. Yes. Do you know why? Because he created me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, um, so, but I, I really liked that. Um, I liked the way that they described the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I liked the way that I felt um, like I knew what was going to happen as it was happening because I had... Um, in some ways become that character. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I like the book. Yeah, it was very cool. And the other thing is, is that, um, I, I have some notes that I, there's this one that talks about, um, God limiting himself in Jesus, uh, and choosing to, to use the analogy of the bird. I loved that, mm-hmm. you know, l- love is limiting yourself. It, basically one way to avoid the power to will or the will to power another in a relationship is to limit oneself to right. serve them. And it's not that the bird can't fly. The bird chooses not, not to, to, you know, it, it, it's so, um, I love that. I did. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, here's the last thing that I absolutely loved and it has nothing to do with the story of the book. Okay. I finished the book and Cliff asked me, so what'd you think? And I said, I liked it. I really liked it. And our nine year old daughter peeks her head out from behind the computer and goes, uh, mom, you know, he was just in a coma, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I'm sorry. It's yeah. just hilarious. Yep. The uh, one other thing that I have here is the person who lives there. Oh, the person who lives by their imagined fears will not find freedom in my love. Yeah. I loved that. They showed him actually cleaning out his own garden when he was with the Holy spirit. And, um, the character that represented the Holy Spirit. Well, he, 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 he cleaned up some of his own. Some of his, But some, yes. of, some of them were rooted so deep that yes. only, only yes. God could take care of. But I, but they were working on it together. together. Yes. It was a joint effort. It was always together. Absolutely. That is awesome. Oh, and I hit the wrong music. 
thought it sounded it's, funny. It's like, wow, wait a second. <laughs> but anyway, um, and then, but the the imagined fears thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about all the anxiety and and all of the you know worry about where's the money coming from, stuff like that. I was working my butt off, and but how is but how are the bills going to get paid? Have the bills ever not been paid in this house? Nope. No. They were imagined fears. And when that conversation between Mac and God was happening, it's like, I am not living in the freedom of God's love, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to live in the freedom of God's love and trust in him. And I can't do that if I continue to fear. And I love how it equates fear with the lack of belief in God's goodness. Are you familiar with that part? Yes. It's it's like it, it, you don't trust that I'm good. Right. You are afraid or you are angry because of this because you don't trust that I, that my nature is good. And and I love that conversation. And that's something that just really clearly hit home for me. And then um I love this one. He he's talking about imagine uh, still this imagination, you know, living in the present. You know, oftentimes we're always living in the future. We're always planning for the future. Right. And and I've always heard, you know, don't worry about tomorrow, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm still going to worry. I'm still right. planning and blah, blah, And I'm still doing it. But I love it. It's like the imagination. Why not imagine what's possible now? And and I love without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. Absolutely. Master. You know, I that, love that. That's not a that's not a verse from the Bible to live by, but yet it is a it, there is wisdom in that statement there that is. was shared in the and it's something that yeah you know I, I God did give us this imagination, but He also told us taught us a lot of things and we need to be wise about what we imagine. And then uh, the last thing is is I have here when all you can see is your pain, perhaps then you lose sight of me. Absolutely, and there have been multiple times when I am when it's 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 like in the midst of my worry and anxiety, and it's not just pain for me. I've I've not experienced the pain in the way that this book has described pain um, in the experiences of the author or the character of Mac. But for me, I've ex- I've had a hard time seeing God in my anxiety and my fear and my worry. And it's like, what, God, where are you? Why can't I see you? Why don't I see you working? Why am I not trusting you? And when all and, and I, I will paraphrase the, the author's words. When all you can see is your anxiety, your worry, your pain, your imagined fears of the future, perhaps then you lose sight of me. And I, it, God really spoke to me through a lot of things like this. And there, the book is full of great insights like that. But uh we do need to run. We <laughs> we have to be at McKenna School to pick her up in seven minutes. We're going to go eat our fish and chips. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> God bless you all. And uh, thank you, Mardell.com. Until next time, join, join the, the community. community.